came in here this morning, you know, you, you, you come into a place like this and yeah, it's just a building. It's just a, it's just a place. It's a place together, a good, a good place together, right? Good, good things happen here. Fellowship happens. Friendship happens. Worship happens. But this morning when I came in here, I felt this, I mean, I just got tired. I was fighting. We was going through our uh, run-through that we usually go through. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, gosh, dog, I could go to sleep. And I slept good last night. And so I think that what has happened just through the week, just through stuff, I I just felt like there was almost a, a spirit of slumber in here. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of blah, kind of feel tired or whatever. And we right now in Jesus' name, we rent this place of a spirit of slumber. Amen. I mean, I mean, I, I know how unexciting I am sometimes, and can put people to sleep. But you know, this is not the time. This is a time to be joyous. This is a time to be happy. This is a time to make Him worthy of it all because we have. We have the spirit of joy in our lives, amen. And we don't, we don't want to go to sleep. We don't want to miss anything that God has for us through sleep or through slumber. Or, or He wants us to be focused. So today, I speak that we will be laser focused on His on His voice, not just not my voice, not just the message, but what He wants to speak to us through that, amen. So we hear you, God. We hear your voice of a stranger we don't hear. Father, I thank you that you are our shepherd. You are our shepherd and we know your voice and the voice of a stranger we do not hear in Jesus' name. So Father, today we give you all of our attention. We give you all of our focus. We give everything over to you so that we know what you're speaking to us. Just one simple word can change everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us ears to hear, eyes to see. Father, this morning, as the Apostle Paul prayed over the Ephesian church, he said, remove the blinders from their eyes and unplug their ears. Father, we just thank you that we hear, our heart hears, our mind hears, our body hears what you are saying to the church today, God. I praise you and I thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Father, as we as we contemplate the songs, the worship that we've sang this morning, God, we give you everything of who we are because you are worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You received that this morning? Well, can you give our worship team a hand clap? Can you give the kids a hand clap? Good job, guys. Well, turn around and tell somebody hello. Tell them you're glad to see them this morning, and we'll get things going. How's everybody doing today? Uh, it's good to see you guys. Man, what a great morning. This is this is good stuff. 
Amen. Thank you, Kirsty. <laughs> did you did you suck down water wrong? Oh, it's shot. She's baptizing over here. If you all need baptism, so she's got a big old jug of water that she can help out with. No, um, man, such a such a good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. Um, my name is Darren Gleghorn. If I've never got a chance to meet you, uh, I'm the lead pastor here. Which sometimes that sounds really great, but sometimes it's not so great. Um, but it's it's an honor to get to do what God has called me to do, and that is to be your pastor. So it's uh, it's good to be a part of this team here at Cowboy Church. I appreciate you guys coming this morning, spending your morning with us. There's so many things, so many places that you could be, but you're here. So God's got something for you. Amen. Amen. Well, this is Memorial Day weekend, and, and uh, you know, a lot of times people look at this day as a as a, a beginning of summer. Maybe it's a time to to go launch the boat and and uh, start your vacation, your summer celebrations and things like that. But I, I over the last several years, have got a new appreciation, got a new view of what Memorial Day is. I think in, in American culture, Memorial Day was meant to be a day of somber and solitude. It is, it is a day to memorialize those who have given their life for this country, given their life for this freedom, and there is no freedom that is bought without blood. It, it, this this holiday reminds me of the Day of Atonement in the in the fall. That's a part of the part of the uh, the the Jewish or the Hebrew festivals. It is a somber day. It is a most holy day, the 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 Day of Atonement, and that's the way I kind of feel about Memorial Day. You know, some some people come up and say, "Well, Happy Memorial Day." It's not that happy to me. It's because it's a time to honor those who gave their lives for this country. Amen. So as as you move into it, I'm not saying you're not supposed to go and have a good time uh, and 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 get together and have a grill out or whatever. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying be mindful of those who have given their lives for our freedom. Amen. The the blood that was shed. And many of you have people that are, were in the military, maybe in combat and things like that. And you know the, the gravity of the loss that, that happened when somebody gave their life for this country. Um, I had an uncle that was killed in Vietnam. And, uh, I mean, he was, I think he's only there for three months and got killed <clears throat> in action. And I think about the blood that was spilled that has my last name attached to it. You know, I, I'm so honored whenever I look at the, the, the wall, the Vietnam wall with all the names on it, and I can find his name. And, and, uh, he was killed. This is, this is what always was cool to me. I wrote a paper on it in college. It wasn't very good, but I wrote one. Uh, but I wrote about my uncle who was killed because I never knew him. He was killed nine months before I was born. So I kind of feel like there's this exchange. I mean, I'm not all goofy and, and reincarnation and all that kind of stuff, but I, I do feel like that there was a, there was a, a tie to that. So I can live in the freedom that God has given me in the freedom that my uncle Jerry was, uh, that paid for. And so, uh, you know, so I don't mean to bring down the mood. That's not what I'm trying to do. 
I'm just saying that it's it's a time to remember those who gave with their life. So just remember that. I mean, growing up as a kid, we would go and decorate all the graves. I mean, my mom was really into that stuff. And I remember just going to the to the cemetery with my mom and dad to decorate the graves and then having to check myself for ticks. You know, <laughs> the ticks were terrible at the cemeteries that, that they went to. So anyways, um, great, great memories. Uh, so anyways, I just, I just encourage you that as this, this weekend goes, I mean, the Indy 500's on today and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of celebration and, and things like that, but just take time to, to sit and, and thank God for those who would step up and give their life for this country. Amen. 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 So today I want to I want to continue something that I started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, last weekend I had to go out to California, and and by the way, uh, our Kingdom Ranch Ministries Church, man, thank you all for joining us this morning. We appreciate you and and what you mean to us and what we mean to you, and it's so awesome to be a be a part of who you are. It's an honor, it truly is. Uh, but anyways, last weekend I went out there to do a memorial service, so I was uh, I was out in California last weekend, and and I appreciate C Dub stepping in and doing what he did. And the the thing about it is, is I haven't listened to your message yet, man. This is this week's been crazy, and the uh, I know you did an awesome job, uh, but I haven't listened to it yet because today's message is really going to play into that and show me what I've done wrong. You know, by not, by not taking the time. Anyways, thank you so much for stepping in and stepping up this weekend, the last weekend. So, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue on with a, uh, message that I started a couple of weeks ago. And, and what I titled it was dealing with burnout. And so we all, I think, I think that we all deal with that at some point or another. And I want to push into this and, and just really, bring some things that I see from the Word of God about it and and really want to just help us learn how to deal with burnout. Amen? Amen. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a I had a quote that I threw out. And this is this quote is what started it all on the inside of me because I heard it in a podcast and it's been accredited. I heard it was accredited to Billy Graham, but it's been accredited to a lot of different people, radio personalities, uh, comedians, um, grandpas, and unknown. You know, they, nobody really can pinpoint where this came from. But I love this quote, and it's become a part of of who I am when I when I minister to people, other pastors or or other Christians. And so, uh, this quote said, "If your output is more than your input, then your upkeep will become your downfall." If your output, giving out, is more than your input or what you put in, then the upkeep or the maintenance of that can become your downfall. And that's where burnout happens. That was the quote that was given to, to best describe what burnout was. So if you have your Bibles today, if you would go over to uh, Matthew chapter 11. If you don't have a Bible, we'll be putting up the scriptures on the screen. But we always encourage you that if, if you own a paper Bible, bring it. If you own a paper Bible, spend some time in it. It's, 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 it's good. It's, it's a bestseller. So why not, why not have one and have several bestsellers on your, your, uh, 
bookshelf. Amen. Um, so uh, I'm going to go over there in just a minute, but I'm, I'm, we, we began to talk about burnout and you know, we all experience it because life comes at us fast, right? I mean, there, there's a point in our life when we're young and we think time is dragging on, but it's funny that when you get to the end of your life, all of a sudden you find out that time is short because life comes at us fast. It comes at us, it comes at us hard. And, and sometimes that fast and, and, and that tension of what life brings to us, um, you know, sometimes that tension is, is painful to our soul, to our mind, will, and emotions. Amen. So, so life comes at us fast. And, and in that, everyone, I believe that every one of us will have the opportunity to experience burnout. Not because we want to experience burnout. Burnout's not fun. Burnout stinks. And so I have to watch my language over here because we got kids in, in the house. But it does. It, uh, it, it, what a vacuum does. That's what, that's what burnout does. It's, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Speaking of vacuums, you know, we got a lot of moths in here. Have you, have you all been experiencing the moths? I, gosh, dog, I live in a, uh, all these spruce trees around my house and they just infest my place out there. I told Lynette when we pulled up to, to a stoplight and all the moths come out from under my pickup that I look like Pigpen from Charlie Brown, you know. <laughs> this, this morning I pulled up behind Josh Schmidt at the light out here and the moths come out from under my truck and went to his car and I was like, the great exchange is happening. <laughs> but the thing about it is he lives right next door to me, so it's a, He's just going to bring them back to me, I guess. But anyways, has nothing to do with my message. But if I'm standing up here and one goes, you know, if I take a big breath and it goes down my throat, just, 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 just pray for me. I mean, but burnout happens. We all have the opportunity to. Uh, to experience burnout and and if we're not if we're not aware of it 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 will raise its head um, to it will raise its head against the passion the the callings the passion the fire that's on the inside of us because you can't burn out unless you have fire amen, amen. and so um, you know that passion is the fire we feel when we think about our calling you know um, when when we think about when we think about new desires, when we think about opportunities and, and new territories, uh, burnout loves to seek your excitement. It loves to, I, I believe it's like a spirit that just tries to hover and tries to find those people who are passionate, who are, who are, you know, called not only to ministry, but to called to whatever you do. Because I believe that you will find your true passion or your true calling whenever you find your passion. Amen. And, and so it's that, it's that fire. It's that passion that we feel in those things because it's the space of excitement that we have in ventures or adventures that, that burnout will want to raise its head. Burnout plays in the same space as the upkeep of your passion. I think about, um, I, I, I think about people who have passion and, and are really walking in their calling. They feel like they've reached into that place where they, they, they just love and are excited. 
And, and not only what happens in the midst of burnout, what, what happens is not only do we have to add fuel to keep the fire hot in our passions, we, we are responsible for the fuel that keeps the fire hot. Amen? We are responsible for that. But we're not only responsible for the fuel that keeps the fire hot, but we're also responsible for the material, the raw material that goes into the fire that forms what we produce. Does that make sense? I mean, we've got a lot of responsibility when we have a passion. I, I was thinking about this this morning as I was going over my notes in my head, is that, you know, Candace, who helped lead up here this morning, has a photography business. I mean, that's her passion. She loves photography. And if you've seen her photography, you, you know that there is a place, and, and I'm just giving you a shout out, you know, maybe you'll get some more customers. <laughs> With my recommendation. But anyways, if you look at her photography, there is a, there is something in there. It's just not just taking pictures. There is something, her eye sees something. And so there, there is a, a, a great interpretation that she brings from behind the camera. But her photography business is not about just taking pictures. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. The pictures are the final product, but there is a, a fuel that she has to put into that to maintain the passion that she has for that. I mean, she's got to have batteries for her camera. I mean, we don't use film anymore, but we use those little SD cards. You know, she's got to have plenty of those SD cards and make sure that she don't get to a shoot without an SD card. That would just mess everything up. She's got to have, she's got to, she's got to clean the lenses on her camera. Right? She got to, there's, and, and she, then she's got to have somebody to shoot, you know? <laughs> Uh, there are so many things that fall into that. The weather, I mean, th- that she can't deal, she can't change, um, except by prayer. And I hope she's a prayer. <laughs> but anyways, I, I was thinking about that. The passion, the passions we have, we have to fuel not only the fire to upkeep those things, but we have to, uh, we have to have the raw materials to produce the final product. And so, um, that that can become the maintenance of those things of our passions can become a downfall if we're not putting in more than we're putting out. Yes. Amen? Amen. And so there comes a point in our lives in our in our passions that the excitement we we have a lot of excitement at the beginning of that, but but that excitement begins to um, become half-hearted. Right. The uh, the passion becomes passive. The, uh, the fire becomes lukewarm. And God knew that about our Christianity. He knew about that. He even gives us scriptures that says, don't be lukewarm. You know, if, if, if at one time you were really on fire for God, you really had this passion to, to live for God and to, to follow Jesus and to have the Holy Spirit and all that, you know, when, when we have that passion, there is a time that after a while, we can become lukewarm. And, and Jesus spoke to one of the churches in Revelation, I think it's Laodicea, that he spoke to them and he says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. You gotta get on fire again. Because if you're lukewarm, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. The, the word spew is barf. He says, I'm gonna barf you out of my mouth. It's like drinking, I don't know, some people may like lukewarm coffee, but I don't. It's either got to be hot or it's got to be cold. I like a good hot coffee and I like a good cold brew. But a, but a medium brew, a lukewarm brew, ugh. 
I mean, put some ice in that thing or something. Put it in the microwave, whatever you have to do. I don't want to be lukewarm. And sometimes we as Christians can find our ourselves in that place and God's calling us higher. He's calling us back to our passion. He's calling us back to the fire. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, there's, there's those points. My dad would say, um, you know, somebody would ask him, how you doing? And he'd go, man, I just got a lot of irons in the fire. Anoki saying that, or he's from Arkansas. Um, he would say, got a lot of irons in the fire. <laughs> got a lot of irons in the fire. And, and that's what happens when we're trying to maintain, when we get, we have to maintain those things. But when we're putting out more maintenance than we're putting in, then we have, we become busy. We become busy. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. Because, um, to upkeep the passion uh, gets too much, we can get burnt out. And my my father in the ministry always had a little saying to to uh, he would say, you know, you gotta you gotta retain. Are you, you? I'll just put it my words, okay? You you gotta finish the way you started. Maintenance is how you, maintenance is about how you started. Keeping the fire going is how you want to finish. And so if you want to finish well, you've got to finish with fire. Amen? Amen. So with that, um, you know, burnout, I believe, is born of two issues, busyness and hurry. And I'm going to tackle hurry next week because today I want to tackle busyness and, and getting busy. The, the weight of busy, the weight of busy will affect our relationships. And sadly so, the most important relationships because when we're too busy for our kids, when we're too busy for our spouse, when we're too busy for our friends, when we're too busy for God, it will burn us out. When we're too busy, our burnout will affect those relationships. And so uh, here in Matthew chapter 11, I want to just read a, a couple of verses. And, and you've probably heard these before if you've been around church world for very long. But in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says this. Jesus is talking. It's written in red. And Jesus is saying this. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you heard that before? Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are who labor and are heavy laden. See, this word busy is something that, that happens in our life. And it's not wrong to be busy. It's not wrong to have a lot of stuff on your plate. It's not wrong, but we've got to learn how to manage what we have on our plate. Because if we don't learn how to manage that or maintain that, if we, if our upkeep, because we haven't been putting in as much as we've been putting out, then the upkeep can become our downfall. And that upkeep is what we need to, to learn how to steward. Because there is upkeep. There is busy. But it, it, it hurts my heart to hear other people say it. But it, when they say it, it also reflects what I say as well. 
You know, somebody will come up to me. I cannot tell you how many times, even, even knowing this, I cannot tell you how many times people come up to me and go, how you doing? And not like my dad, I got a lot of irons in the fire. I do. But I'll say, man, I'm just, I've just been busy. I've just been busy. I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Busy, 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 busy. And we say that. Um, Lynette really called me to the carpet here a while back. Um, she said, she said, we got to quit saying we're worn out. How you doing? Oh, I'm just worn out. I'm worn out. At the end of the day, I'm worn out. I'm worn out. That, that can't be our go-to. We're believers. God has given us a, has given us a cushion to lean into when we're busy or when we feel worn out, when we feel worn out, when we feel busy. He says, come to me. Come to me. He says, I need your relationship because if you want to be worn out and busy on your own and not be in relationship with me, things are going to suffer around you. And so, you know, we've all been there in that busy. I just personally wanted to, to let you a little, let you in on a little bit of my life over this last month. May has been busy. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you a little rundown here, and, and I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just, I'm just saying this is, this is, this is mine and Lynette's life. And when you, when you get a call of God, I mean, you have the opportunity to be busy. People want a lot of your time. And so the, on, on May the, May the 5th through May the 8th, I'm going back a little, little ways here in the month, a few weeks. I was preparing to go to California and going to California to, to preach a message. Not only were we preaching a message, but we were doing some other things out there that were really, our schedule for California that weekend was really busy. And so we had a lot of stuff going on. And, and so we, we got back on the 8th of, of May and on, that was on a Monday. On Tuesday morning, we went into an all day planning meeting for, for this church for the next quarter and the quarter after that, the next half of the year. And, and so it was an all day planning meeting. We got done with that. And on the 10th through the 14th, I was prepping a message, which was on burnout, um, that week. To, to preach here at the church. When I got done with that on the, I had my day off on the, on the 15th, but on the 16th, I began to prep for the night of the 18th, which was women's N3C women's group and prepping a message that I hadn't prepped. I hadn't visited in a long time. So I was, I was busy with that. I was getting that done on the, so we did that on the, on the 18th on May 19th, the next day, I left to go back to California last weekend to, to do a memorial service. I don't know if you know that spending a day in the airport is terrible. I mean, even though, even though you're sitting around watching people, looking at people, even though you're sitting around kind of doing that, it's still a, a busy trying to, trying to catch your flights and catch all the times and if there's any delays and when you fly southwest, you gotta be in the proper position a 10 or 50 or 30 or b whatever and so you're it's just a lot of brain work you know what i mean well at least it is for me um (laughs) so i went to california on that to do a celebration of life and then come back on the 21st which was last sunday sunday night i went to 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 visit some uh, a family here in the church 
for their celebration, for their uh, celebration life that was happening in their family. And so I did that on Tuesday and this last Tuesday. And then from there, I began to prep for today. And, and so there's, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Amen. And not to mention that in those three days that I'm prepping for today's service on burnout and busyness, I'm also played, I also played a golf tournament, which was so tough. It was so rough doing that, you know, the golf tournament. Oh, it was just terrible. And, and a graduation party this weekend. And, and I did a celebration, another celebration of life yesterday afternoon. So man, just a lot of stuff going on now. I'm not looking for sympathy or anything because my brother, when I was a kid, he would, he would go, you know what this is? This is a world, world's smallest fiddler crying, playing, you know, playing, I'm crying for you or whatever. He'd say, you know, I was like, I I didn't listen to him. He's turkey anyways, you know, anyways. So I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for sympathy in the world's smallest fiddler. Uh, I'm just saying that we all get busy. Amen. We all get busy. So I looked up the word busy in the American Dictionary of the English Language, which is a 1828 Noah Webster version. And I, I kind of wanted to go back and see if busy back then in 1828 still means the same busy now in, in 2023. And this is what Noah Webster said in that. He said, uh, busy is employed, employed with constant attention. Engaged about something that renders interruption inconvenient. So we get so busy that any interruption can be inconvenient to us. It's, it's a constant, it's constant attention. That word constant attention, those words constant attention means weight that can begin to produce burnout. Weight that can begin to produce burnout. So Jesus says here, he says, come to me all you. All you. I don't know if you've looked the word up in, in the Hebrew or Greek lately, but the word all still means all. Just, it's all. So when he says, all you, come to me, all you, I always go back to my roots and say, he's saying, come y'all. Come to me, y'all. He's from Southeast Jerusalem. Anyways, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I looked the word labor up and it is a, in the Greek, um, language, it is called a present participle. A present participle means continuous repeated action. So when he says labor, he's saying the, the word labor means that we are in a place of continuous and repeated action. It's continuous and repeated, continuous and repeated, continuous and repeated. Some of y'all get that later. But he says, come to me, all who are, who labor and are heavy laden. The words heavy laden in the Greek means to be loaded down with burden. But it goes further. It says loaded down with burden of rights, R-I-T-E-S, not R-I-R-I-R-I-G-H-T. He says rights, R-I-T-E-S. All of all rites and unwarranted precepts. The word rites means rituals, ceremonies, customs, and traditions. He says, he says, when we have been, 
when we have gotten into a flow in our lives that we continue to do the same thing or we have the same thing happening over and over and over and over, that can become a ceremony. That can become a tradition. That it's, it's not a bad thing if we put it in the right place, if we steward it in the right place. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden or loaded down with the burdens of rituals and customs and tradition. I heard years ago, I heard a, um, y'all know what an acronym is? It's where you take the first, the, the letter and every, every letter. If you've ever watched Gary Busey on TV, he is a man of acronyms. I mean, he can just pop those acronyms out and they're mostly stupid, but they're, but they're acronyms, you know. But I heard this acronym for the word busy years ago, meaning being under Satan's yoke. Busy is being under Satan's yoke. And, and so, um, you know, our enemy's plan is to keep us busy by putting a lot of stuff on our plate. And when I say stuff, that's usually stuff is the unimportant things. It's, you know, he loves to put unimportant things on our plate so that we give our attention to those things and we begin to try to maintain and not take the time to spend with God because we got a lot of stuff on our plate. And as a minister, as a minister, you can take that as good. You know, we've got a lot of stuff on our plate, but even in ministry, even doing the things for God, even, even doing celebrations of life and, and, and going and preaching in different places and different spots and stuff like that can, can put us into a place where we're doing the work of the Lord, but we're not inputting the word of the Lord. And so when we don't do that, I cannot tell you how many ministry friends have made it it seemed like the magic number for a long time, the magic number for, for people, um, people that seemed to, that they like to be called to ministry, the magic number was seven years that they would enter into ministry, get started, be excited, build a church, have people coming. But in seven years, the pastor would say, I'm done. And they would leave the ministry because busyness Doing the work of the Lord, they weren't putting in the word of the Lord to help them maintain over, over those moments of feeling burned out. That was the, that was the key thing. I'm burned out. I'm burned out. I'm burned out. Well, let me just tell you this. I have felt burnout at times, but I've never let it, it, starting to feel burnout come on has been a thing for me to say, I am starting to fail in my relationship with God and I need to get back in the word. It's not so much I need to take a sabbatical. It's not so much that I need to to take two weeks vacation or anything like that. It's that I need to just get back into the things of God. Amen. Amen? If, if If I took a vacation every time that I didn't feel worthy to get up here, I'd be on vacation all of my life, you know? But knowing, knowing my, my wife is funny. Uh, she's heckling me up here. Um, no, uh, knowing the relationship, uh, you know, the enemy tries to put stuff on our plate, knowing that the relationship, uh, whether it be with God or other people or our kids or whatever, 
knowing that the relationship is what suffers from being busy. And the relation, the main relationship that suffers as a Christian for, for being, when we get too busy is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God in our life, the kingdom of God that we see happening, the kingdom of God that we're, we're a part of, that we're appointed to. And not just as a minister, but as a Christian. As a Christian, we're appointed to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God does not, the kingdom of God suffers. It suffers when we've got too much busy in our life. Because busy, if we go back to that acronym, is being under Satan's yoke. But what did Jesus say? He said in verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So let me, let me just give you a, I mean, if you already know this, great. If you don't, then I'm going to give you some, I'm going to tell you how yokes work. Yokes are those pieces back in, back in biblical times, they were made out of wood and they fit around an ox or a, a donkey. And, and so that you would have a team to work a field that were under a yoke. You, you, you with me? So yokes were, were the, the purpose for yokes is to even out or even enhance the power of the animals that are working together. Because inherently, you always have one animal that was weaker than the other. One animal couldn't do the work, couldn't do the work exponentially to what two of them could do. So when you put two animals, one with a lot of strength, one that's a little weaker, all of a sudden now they, the two of them become more productive than the one. So what the enemy loves to do is put us under his yoke. And when we're in his yoke, we become the strong one because he turns down his weakness in that moment. And we become the one that's carrying all the weight. The Satan loves for us to carry the weight of his business so that he can tire us out and ultimately make us quit. So that's what being under Satan's yoke is. That's what being busy is about. It's about the enemy trying to wear us down and wear us out and make us want to quit. But Jesus said, come unto me. He said, take my yoke upon you. Because Jesus is not the way the enemy is. Jesus is going to put us in his yoke and he is going to turn up his power over ours because he knows we're the weakest. And in that, Jesus turns up his power and he begins to take the brunt of the, the strength and the energy it takes to, to, for us, for what he's called us to. See what I mean? And in that, he takes so much power in the yoke that it gives us rest. Even though we're working alongside him, we are the ones getting the rest because he is carrying the weight of, of what it is that God has called us to do. Amen. Does that make sense? That's so good because Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, take my yoke upon you. So there in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, I will give you rest. Verse 29 says, you will find rest for your souls. The word rest is the, the Greek word anapao, A-N-A-P-A-U-O. And, and, um, that, that pao is where we get our English word pause. Pause. 
that's what David used in the Psalms when he would say something, um, say something profound. He wouldn't say, can I get an amen? He would say, Selah. And Selah means pause. Think about. Put yourself into that place where, where Jesus is the one that is carrying the weight of who we are, of our calling. Amen? So that's where we get our word pause. And to pause means to just basically take a breather. Take a break. Jesus, when we hook ourselves to his yoke, he gives us a break. He gives, he puts us into a place where we, we, we find rest. We find that, um, uh, 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 a getaway from the hiatus, from the chaos. He gives us a hiatus in the chaos. That's what I'm trying to say. And so Jesus will always, always, if you don't get anything else out of what I say today, I want you to remember this, that Jesus will always tow the load for our busy to help us rest in his yoke. I'll say that again. Jesus will always tow the load of our busy and help us rest in his yoke. That's what it's about. That's what he was saying in this deal. Because he knows that we all, we all deal with burnout or the the leading to it. We all get busy. And when we yoke with him, it makes us aware of the issues that busy, that busy us. He makes us aware of the, of the, uh, Issues that busy us. See, we didn't get our passion from just how cool we are. We didn't, we didn't find, we don't find our passions just by being Fonzie, you know? (laughs) We don't, we don't find our passions that way. It's God. It is Jesus. It is, it is Him that we get our passions from. Because that's what he calls us to. He he gives us. See, passion is found in the purpose of what we do. And he gives us purpose to walk this life. He gives us pur- purpose in the calling that he has given to us. And so it's him that, that, that appoints those things. It's him that gives us those things. And it doesn't stop. Our calling and our passions don't stop because we enter into a place of rest. But it, it, it makes it stronger because in his yoke, he's the one that keeps us moving in our call. He's the one that keeps us uh, fired up. He's the one that keeps us in a place where that passion is burning hotter. It's, it's the irons in the fire thing. It's not only is he keeping it fueled, but he's keeping the raw material put in so that we produce what he's called us to produce. In, in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, I think about this a lot when we talk about callings and things like that. Romans eleven twenty nine says, For the gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Even if you do get into a place where you're burned out and you want to walk away from it, that doesn't mean that your call's over. That doesn't mean that that, that place where he has called us to, that he has provided for us, it doesn't mean that it's done. Even though you feel done. Even though you feel done in your relationship with your spouse, even though you feel done in your kids, you know, you can't get away from them at all. But the fact of the matter is that sometimes we get so 
encapsulated in the weight of, of raising children that we just want to get away from them. Is that just me? No. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, you know, I, I run into people who change jobs like every year and a half, you know. They, they find this passion in this newness of this job and they get all worked up and everything. And a year and a half later, they're like, I'm so done. I'm looking for another job. You're putting out more than you're putting in because the upkeep is becoming your downfall. And, and Jesus says here through the apostle Paul, he says, for God's gifts and his callings can never be withdrawn. When we know that, when we get a hold of that, that his gifts and his callings, it's not about going to find something new every, every other year or every other week. Uh, it's, it's not about that. It's about, it's about stepping into that place and knowing that he's given this to us and that we can yoke with him and not do this by ourselves. Because if we try to carry the weight by ourselves, it's gonna, it's gonna burn us out and we're gonna be quitters. And God don't want quinters. Amen? When we know that, the gifts and the callings cannot be taken away or withdrawn. Even when we screw up, even when we're stupid and we make a mess out of things, that don't mean the calling is over. There's, there's one minister that, that I've listened to years ago and I had heard Matter of fact, there's a huge podcast that reveals all his faults. He, he was kind of a, he's kind of a, an abusive guy in the sense of his words were abusive to the congregation and things like that. But his preaching was phenomenal. Working for him was really bad. That's what we found out. But his ministry is phenomenal. He's, he's become a, he had quit the church that, or they kind of ran him off from the church that he was pastoring. And he went to another state and started another church. But what I'm trying to say is that his gifts and callings are phenomenal. I love to hear him preach. I love his point of view. But his personal life was kind of a mess, you know. And when we know that Jesus is the one who gives us the calling, and we know that the calling never ends, it just takes on a place where we pick up, and put ourselves with Jesus and let him help us with the calling, when we know that, we will become people who persevere. You heard that word? I mean, we don't use that word very much. You, you know, brother, you got to persevere. I mean, we hear that in church a lot. You know, ah, we got to persevere. What the heck does persevere mean? I'm glad you asked. Because persevere means continuing, this, continuing in our passion or our calling without burnout. That's a modern definition. Continuing in our passion without burnout. That's what persevering is. But let me, let me just, um, drill down into that just a little bit. In Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. 
That's good stuff, isn't it? Because of the, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. When we set our focus on what Jesus did, when we set our focus on what Jesus did on the cross, the joy, I mean, he is in the, he is in the garden of Gethsemane sweating blood. The stress and the weight of anxiety is so heavy on him that he is sweating blood. The blood vessels in his body begin to, to rupture under extreme weight. Do you know what that extreme weight was? It was our anxiety. It was our pressure that we deal with. Even today, in today's society, in today's culture, we deal with all that. Jesus bore that in him. And he said, it says the joy that was set before him because of the joy that he saw, the freedom that we would have, the yoking with you that he wants to do, it joyed him so much that he went and hung on a cross, was beat beyond recognition of a person, of a man. One Bible says that his skin was hanging off him like hamburger would hang off of someone. I mean, it was just, it was what he endured. When we put our focus on what he endured for us. And let me tell you something. If you were the only person on this planet, he would have done the same thing. He would have done the same thing just for one person. So with you yoking with him, it was the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. And he says, when you have that focus, you will not become weary and give up. Because what happens when we get weary and give up, the people, there there are a multitude of people who have been saved that have passed away. And this is the way I read this verse in, in verse 1, is that they are sitting in an arena watching our faith happen, cheering us on. Here on this planet and all they, all they have eyes for, they don't, they don't have eyes for our failures. They have eyes for our faith. And when they see faith happening and when they see us continuing in the calling that God has called us to, they're sitting there going, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole crowd goes wild because you yoke yourself with Jesus and operate in your calling, even when you don't feel like it. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? Man, I know, I know you're here and I know that, that it's, it's talking to you. The, when, it, when he says that you won't become weary, the word weary means to be exhausted from constant work. What is that? It's busy. It's busy. We get busy. So to, to close today, I, I want to, uh, my guitar player just went to the booth. Well, okay, he says he's going he's gonna to be here. Um, so this is what I, this is what I want to do. Um, there are four keys to keeping unnecessary busy from burning us out. And these four things that I want to mention, you may, there may be just one, there may just be one that you need to work on of these four things. There may be a couple or a few, or it may be all four that that um, that we need. 
And when I wrote them down, I was like, oh, gosh, I need all four. But here's here's what I wrote. Okay, four keys to keeping un, for keeping unnecessary busy from burning us out. Number one, remove the idols from our life. Remove the idols from our life. You say, well, I don't, you know, I don't have no Buddha on my shelf that I go and bow down to. I don't have, I'm not like the other religions that have hundreds of idols that I bow down to and things like that. You know what? We don't need those things to bow down to because we've got things like cell phones that we bow down to. We have entertainment that we bow down to. Some, some people have people in their life that they idolize and, and becomes, because, because idols are the things that take precedence over God in our life. Take precedence over not only God in our life, but our time with God in our life. So if, if those things begin to, and, and let me, let me just say this. iPhones, cell phones are a part of our culture and part of our life, but they don't have to rule your time. Social media does not have to rule your time. It's good. It's, it's fun. It's, it's catching up. I mean, there's people that I went to school with years ago that I catch up with and, and things like that. That's fine. But as long as it doesn't pre- take precedence of your time, that takes us away from relationship with God. There may be people in our life that do that. We need to, we need to, to, to learn how to curb those things and put them into the right place. It may be a job that's taking our time. I'm not saying go quit. I'm just saying learn how to communicate with our bosses to say, I need I need a little bit of time here. So remove number one, remove the idols from our life. Number two, remove self-reliance. Remove self-reliance. This is what I mean by removing self-reliance is that that we can take on the role of trusting ourselves instead of having trust in God to accomplish what our passions are. We can be, we can become trusters of ourselves and not put God in, you know, I always heard, you know, put God first place, put God first place. Yeah, there's a, there's a place in the time that he needs to be first place, but there's a place in the time that he needs to be in the middle of everything we do. He needs to be the heartbeat of everything we do. And in that we can't rely upon ourselves. If I rely on me, I get dumb. No, I'll, I'll take that back. I get stupid. I get stupid because I'm I'm ignorant to the things of God without Him. And so I need to, to keep Him in the midst of who I am. So remove the self-reliance. Number three, learn to consult God before saying yes. Learn how to... You know, I, and I know that that's, that's something that goes on in church world is, hey, will you come and do this? Let me pray about it, brother. And they no more pray about it than anything. They just do what they want to do. But the fact of the matter is, is we need to consult God before we say yes to anything. Let me just say this. We need to consult God before we say yes to everything. I... I've found in my life that I'm a pleaser and that in that I say yes to a lot of things that I shouldn't say yes to. People ask me something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And by the time the month gets done or the year gets done, I've said yes to everything and I have no time for God. I have no time for my wife. I have no time for my kids. I have no time for my 
my uh, daughter-in-law. I just, I just don't have time. So we need to learn to consult God before saying yes. And right along with that is number four, is we need to learn how to say no. Saying no will, will take you further than anything. Learning to say no. Well, what if they get mad? Well, what if they do? They wasn't very fun to be around anyway if they get mad for you saying no. So let me say those again. Remove the idols from our life. Remove the self-reliance. <clears throat> learn how to consult God before saying yes. And learn how to say no. Discovering how to steward the passions that, that God has given us. Learning how to steward those passions with God is crucial in the kingdom of God. It's crucial. He has given us His kingdom. What a great honor. What a great honor that Jesus would die on the cross to give us His kingdom. And that we could walk out His kingdom on this earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, use me for Your kingdom. Use me to advance Your kingdom in this place. Come on. Right? Stewarding the passion is key to the kingdom of God. Yoking ourselves to Jesus. And if we will do that, if we will yoke ourselves to Jesus in this whole deal, if we will do that, we will never burn out. I'm not, I'm quitting setting goals. I think, I think goals are great and all that kind of stuff if we have goals. But goals, when, once a goal gets reached, it's done. I just want to become a worshiper. I don't want to, I don't want to set a goal of worship. I want to set a goal as being a worshiper. If it's putting my feet on the floor in the morning and saying, God, I love you, I worship you, and I thank you for another breath in my lungs, all the way to listening to worship songs, all the way to singing, all the way. I mean, I just want to become a worshiper. Because I know that if I become a worshiper, if I become conscious of worship, if I could become, I guess I could add it a number five there, become a worshiper. Because if I can, if I can learn how to worship God, I yoke with Him and I'll never burn out. Amen. That's good stuff. I don't, I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. If you feel burnout this morning, I just want you to declare. I want you to declare right where you're at. I just want you to declare that you are yoking yourself this morning. You are beginning a place of yoking yourself with God. If you're feeling burnout, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you raise a hand or anything like that. I just want you to declare that. Say this with me. Jesus, come on. Come on now. Okay, even if you're not experiencing burnout, do it with the ones that are experiencing burnout, okay? Say, Jesus, I yoke myself with you because you love me. And you don't put stuff on my plate. You carry my stuff with me. And this morning, I give myself, I give my busy to you in Jesus' name. Yeah.
So if you would, let me, let me pray over you guys this morning. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this time that we have together, Father. And I thank you for, I thank you for revelation and knowing when burnout begins to happen in our lives that we begin to, to once again declare. We, we step into that place of declaration because God, the excitement that we're going to leave here with this morning, the excitement of being a Christian, the excitement of being a believer and a Christ follower, I thank you, God, that this morning when we leave out of here, that we begin to yoke with you, that you carry the weight so much so that, God, that we will never experience complete and total burnout. Father, let it, let ourselves be sensitive and aware to your, uh, to your spirit and aware of the head of the enemy that tries to pop up and make us busy, so busy that we lose our relationships. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for that. God, I pray that if there are people in this room that have never given their lives to you, Father, I pray that this morning that they would give their lives to you. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a minute, if you're in here this morning and you've never given yourself to Jesus 100%, you've never given yourself, just right there where you're sitting, say, Jesus, I give you myself. I give you me. I don't know what that looks like, what it's going to look like down the road, but I give you me right now. If you've never said that before, with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a minute, if that's you and you've never said that before, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody like that in this room that you've never said that? Gotcha, gotcha. Good deal, good deal. Anybody, anybody else? Anybody else? Maybe you have walked with him at one time and this morning you're not feeling like you have been walking with him as much. You can you can do this with, with him. You can say, Jesus, I re-give you myself. So God, I pray that this morning that they would do that. If you're in here this morning and you re-give yourself to Jesus, would you raise your hand? Anybody like that? Oh, man. There you go. Hands all over there. That's good. That's good stuff. Father, I just thank you for these hands that were raised, and I thank you for a fresh adventure, a new place that they can step into. God, I thank you for the new excitement of being people who are not burned out and not so busy that they can't spend time with you. Father, this morning, I thank you that that is done. In Jesus' name, amen.